In this episode of the Philly Blunt, we sit down with legendary meteorologist and current realtor John Belares. It took almost a year of negotiations and badgering John on Twitter and social media to finally sit down with us for an interview where no topics were off the table. After sitting with John, we immediately realized that this had to be a two-part interview because there was just too much information to be covered. In part one, we discuss how a kid obsessed with the weather ends up the meteorologist in Philadelphia and the third highest paid meteorologist in the country, and we cover the infamous storm of the century forecast. In part two, we discuss a notorious South Beach incident, uh, which led to John helping to break up a Russian mob in operation and also led to John losing his job. Part two also describes his darkest days and a, uh, a classic Philly blunt round. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe uh, the podcast after you listen so that other people interested in celebrating Philadelphia can find it and follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all as the Philly blunt. We hope you enjoy this two-part interview with John Belaris. It's the sound of Philadelphia. All right, so so we got John's got a drink. So yeah. we have to touch on right, of course. Uh, Miami, you know, Miami, right. yeah. And 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 you've told the story a couple times. And yeah, people can yeah. read all the detail, yeah. details. Listen, the and honestly, like I, I think, you know, to be totally frank, I think you kind of got a raw deal because I think the fact that you testified against the Russian mafia yeah, yeah, right, is yeah. a big fucking deal, and like everybody focused on kind of some of the nonsense elements. I mean, it was funny. Don't get me wrong. The do shot, do shot. I mean, it's it's a funny story, but at the same time, you also you know, put your balls on the line and said, "I'm going to testify." He, he, against could, the he could have done nothing and just lost right. the money, right? And nothing would yep, have happened. Yep. You know, listen. If you want to get a true story, American Greed did a great story on it. Yeah. Right? They, they're more real than anything else. So, on that weekend of March, I think it was 27th, 2010. Um, I'm going to my my friend and I, Chris Raggy, is an anchor in New York. He was a sports anchor, then become a news anchor. And we'd always get away, you know, I was in Philadelphia then, and, and get away and do our week, weekend down there after the uh, in March after the book and play golf for three days. Is that just a big, like, you're so stressed during the book, uh, you got yeah, online? That, that was it. We go down there for three, four days, right? So, we, I flew down, and I, and I go, you know, I'm at, I check into the Fountain of Blue, and I call Chris. I go, where are you, dude? He goes, I got cold. I got to go cover the NCAA. I can't make it. I go, are you serious? I said, shit. I'm going down, you know, waiting for my buddy. So I said, all right. We had reservations at uh, Mr. Chow at the time down there for that night. So I said, I'm not going to Mr. Chow by myself. I'm going to go over to the Delano where I can go to the sushi bar and don't need a reservation. You can just walk up to the sushi bar and get sushi in the Delano. So I did. I didn't know that two girls were eyeing me up. They're looking at my shoes and the watch. And I read that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how they adapt. Always wear sneakers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wear sneakers a lot now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't blame you. I wear sneakers a lot. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, did you have a, like a Rolex at the time? A nice watch and shoes. Looking back, did you have nice watch and shoes? Oh yeah, I had a Breitling watch on and you know Ferragamos. Okay. You know, so um, so I go over to the bar, and these two girls come over. Hi, you know, do you guess where we're from? And I said, I. And their accent, I said, I don't know, Poland? They said, no, Estonia. I said, it's an island off of Russia. I said, okay, good, good. 
And then I'm talking, and the bartender goes, start talking to me about the weather. He goes, oh, you a weather presenter? I said, no. And the bartender goes, yeah, because he's a bartender from Philly who's been down there for years. And, and he goes, yeah. Then another person from New York, they ask me weather questions for the beach. Ah, you're a weather presenter. I didn't even really get into it. I said, I don't have my radar with me, but I'm, re I'm relaxing. And they said, uh, okay. And I, I bought them a drink. Bought them each a, a glass of Pinot Grigio, what mm -hmm. I was drinking. I said, give it to, what do you want? They said, Sing whatever you're having. It's fine. Um, you're such a good American. You're such a nice. Everyone's so mean. You seem very nice. I said, well, thanks. Why would they be mean? Right. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's so hard for beautiful women to make it in America. Yeah, yeah. Everyone <laughs> just treats them like total crap. Yeah, but you got to listen here. I was not attracted to them that way. <laughs> not at all. I mean, I've seen their pictures. Oh, they're fairly attractive women. And you do have somewhat of a reputation, John. Of I know, but that that honestly, I that was not in my <laughs> thought process. And things cross your mind, but I'm not really thinking at that time. So I'm leaving. They go, where are you going? I said, uh, I'm going to the pool. Can you? Can we come with you? I said, sure. Come to the pool, went to the Delano pool. So I'm sitting at the pool. I really don't lose contact with them. I'm talking to a couple other people by the pool side. And then they come over. Do you want to do a shot with us? I said, no. No. I didn't feel like doing a shot. I uh, Really, it's just, just early in the evening. Yeah. And um, then one comes behind me, rubbing my neck. The other comes over and said, please, do a shot for us. I said, all right, I'll do a shot. They poured the shot down my throat. Swear to God. Within, I can't tell you the time frame. I don't know what's really going on. So you think that shot had something oh, I, in it? Yeah. Well, I know that from the informant that went in okay. later on. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they did. That's a scam. Yeah, they put the uh, a sophisticated sleeping powder, they call it. But it was pretty okay. lethal, pretty bad. Right. So that's why it puts like a mine eraser. Only thing I remember was them saying, um, "I said I need to get back to my hotel." They go, "Oh no, 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 no! We need to take you to see the Haitian Relief Fund where they're selling paintings." It's paintings, okay. I mean, you got a buzz on. It's a Haitian Relief. Sure, I have no idea what's yeah, going on. Right? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't sound even, bad. You got to remember, even the cab driver was in on it. All right. Oh, so, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. shit! Yeah. So it's oh. all it's all organized. Wow. So they took me to the place that they said was where they're having the fundraiser, which was really a moot fake bar called the Caviar Bar that was not just a place they bring their victims. So do you remember, were there people at the bar other, other than you? No, I just remember standing and signing something a couple times and waking up the next morning. I remember vaguely, like vaguely getting into a cab. Yeah, I woke up with a... <laughs> I know it's funny when I look, I think it's funny too when I look back there was a big painting in my room <laughs> was it a good painting? no I hated the freaking painting <laughs> and I said holy shit what the hell is this? <laughs> what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> what is this? and I'm like oh my god as those girls what, what happened? <laughs> now I don't have no idea what happened I checked my wallet and all that I said hmm while it's fine. Everything's still there. You're like, maybe I spent a hundred bucks on yeah, a, it's a night in Miami, you know, right, like right. who yeah. knows, right? right. Like, so I go, oh, damn. All right, everything's there. Everything's in place. Sunglasses are missing. All right. I go down uh, uh, by the pool, took a dip in the ocean, came back. 
And uh, my message light is blinking in the hotel room. Hi, it's Marina. We're so sorry. We accidentally took your glasses. How do you like the painting? I'm like, here's our number. Not a total loss. You're going to get your glasses back. Number one, that's kind of disarming. If someone's doing something to you, they're not calling you. That's I got your glasses. Right, right, right. right. I call back. You have my glasses? Yeah. No, yeah, we're going to return your glasses. How do you like the painting? I go, tell me about this painting. They said, you bid very heavy on the painting. I said, I don't remember what I bid. There's no receipt. Right. Oh, you love that painting. I said, no, I don't love this painting. (laughs) They said, I said, can you pike it back to the vendor, please, or present me with the receipt? Yeah. Okay, and we'll return your sunglasses. I said, well, that's perfect. Yep. So I'm not thinking anything at that time. Right. Nothing. If they were criminals, they wouldn't have contacted you. Right. And I had a chance to return this big-ass painting and see what it's all about. How big? Huge. (laughs) I don't even know how it fit in the trunk of the cab. (laughs) you got to remember, I found it later on. Went home in a (laughs) U-Haul. Remember later on, this is like an $89 painting that came from, like, you know, Kmart. Home goods. Or Home something. goods, right. That was hanging on the wall of this mood bar. You know? So it is pretty funny when I look back. I can see how things can be comical from that. So, so anyway, they said, um, I said, come pick up the painting, which they were. They're going to come pick up the painting of the Fountain Blue. And then I get a call saying, we can't come to the Fountain Blue, bring the painting to us. I said, you know I'm not going to bring the painting. This thing is huge. I'm not going to bring Delon and walk it into the Delano. I <laughs> in bar. He's got this giant fucking painting. It's <laughs> uh, yeah. like something you see on a prank show. Yeah. Guy coming in with his yeah. 10-foot so, painting. Yeah, I'm trying to return this. So I'm with a couple of guys. One of these guys is a Navy SEAL hanging out. He goes, let's go down and meet these girls. All right. I said, all right, let's meet the girls. So we go down to the Delano. Because they're going to return my, uh, oh, they uh, they left their wallet at the, the vendor place. That's what I found. When I got back to them, they said, we lost our wallet, or we left our purse at the place. You can talk to the vendor there mm. about the painting. I said, okay. So we, we just had a couple glasses of wine. I left to use the bathroom, came back, and we said, let's go, let's go to the... Uh, Wherever we were going to go, where I, where I uh, bought the painting. And then I'm going to continue on to Fountain Blue, let you guys go. Were you looking to get your money back from the painting, or you just wanted to unload I it? I wanted to know what the painting was and what I paid. Okay. And uh, so they said, okay. Sure enough, um, I go, pick up your pick up your uh, wallet. I'm still sitting in the taxi cab. So I'm getting a little bit leery about what's going on. They, they get same out. taxi that's in on it? Uh, I, yeah. Okay. I have no idea it was the same. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Right, right. So they go in, and then they're waving me in. And I said, no, 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 no. no. Just ask them about the painting. Get a receipt. No, no, no. Come, come, come. I go, okay. So I come in into the bar, and they're handing a wallet over to her, like a purse. Like she did honestly lose it. Right. It's the last thing I remember. Wow. Last thing I remember. So I found out, you know, $43,670 later. Did you still have the painting? I left the painting in <laughs> you the pound the painting? Yeah, Oh, come on, John. <laughs> could be hanging here yeah, at the yeah, post. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. <laughs> it's a piece of Philadelphia history. Yeah, this painting is. <laughs> that painting, I was looking at it, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. 
they, so they, they said they took you back and they, they sang you a Russian lullaby. You don't remember any of that? No, they said they sang a Russian <laughs> lullaby. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Did they say that? Yes, they said one of them. Yeah. So, so... <laughs> <laughs> So Listen, I found no, out no, a lot. No, 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 no. You know, there's obviously going to be skeptics I mean, to this Yeah, we can story. joke about but you're, this is like a, you're a victim of a, a legit listen, crime. Here. Well, listen, that, well, there's, there's two, two things here. That's true. And also, because you do have a reputation as a playboy and you've got caught up with these two good-looking Estonian women, there's going to be skeptics that are going to say, John's creating a story that's... You think? Yeah, that that's yeah, going to course. make him not look like he spent $43,000 on expensive Estonian Right, I was women. trying to cover my ass for a minute. Like, my, my agent said to me, you know, John, why don't you just pay that? We'd have to go through this. So that's not the point. I said I was I was robbed. Right. I did nothing wrong. Right. Right. I did nothing wrong. I was robbed. So why am I going to freaking pay it? I didn't do it. Right. Why am I going to pay it? You know, and, you know, these are well orchestrated. If you look up Estonia, there's red flags. Do not walk alone. Do not drink and walk alone. They target you. That's their way of life. They target you. They're professionals. Right. So the, the, the mob that was in here, which I, I got to know very well, <laughs> recruited them. And that was whole part of the uh, the Sexy Bee Sting operation. Mm-hmm. You know, Stan Pavlanko. And and you got to remember this. I, I get a call. This is a week before I'm going to testify from my landscaper. who was, uh, I had, At the time, I had a house in the Hamptons said, John, there's people packing heat on your property. They're in an Escalade. I go, Jesus. I thought it was the feds because they were following me. They were pretty close to me for a year. So I go, I called the feds. I had my contacts, and they said, no, that's not us. That was them. Right. They came looking for me. Oh, wow. Right? They got wow. the other guy and, and broke his legs. Jesus. You know, so I knew, you know, now this is, now um, it's really serious. Yeah. And I'm pretty sick to my stomach about it. Yeah. But I'm going to testify because I'm going to I'm going to beat these asses. Because I actually said when they were doing doing the raid to the feds. Oh. I, I said to I said to the guy Alex, I go, do me a favor. When you go in and do the raid, tell Marina the weatherman says hello. <laughs> because you had known they were talking about the when weatherman. They, right? No, you got to remember. No, yeah. before this, when I found out eventually from American Express what was going on. Yeah. I had Marina's number. I called her. I go. I know what you guys are doing. This is a federal offense. You're 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 messing with the wrong guy. I'm not going to take this line. Oh no, we did nothing wrong. I go. Yeah, you did a lot of shit wrong. It's a federal offense, and I'm not going to arrest until you're behind bars. Oh no, no, no. So then the whole thing's unraveling, and then yeah, I'm working with the feds. The feds can't even get into Amex. Amex. Then I, I, when I do my. Uh, my grand jury testimony. Finally, the grand jury wants to indict the lead investigator for Amex because they were like, when the lead investigator called me from Amex several times, so it's, oh no, Stan's a very good businessman. You know, you got carried away. We see this history all the time. Wow. I say, have you seen this history on me? Right. No. Right. You're not, so you the kind of guy that's gonna spend, you're not going to spend 43k no. in 24 no. hours, right? And number on one, all the champagne. Pain, on a bad painting. Right. <laughs> I no. said bad painting. And I don't drink champagne. <laughs> yeah. All the champagne bottles, 8,000, 12,000. Right. right. Every, I said, really? Why didn't you red flag this when this is coming in? Sure. You know, they had no answers. Right. And, no, and, I, and I feel like... I, I, do, like, three, I do $300 on Vans 
sneakers in Toronto and I get a thing from Capital One. Is this you? Right, right. Well, I have yeah. different codes now on my card, so I, I that's never going to happen again. So you're no longer with Amex, I assume. I am not with Amex. Okay. Mm-hmm. But they did did, you even, I did sue them. Even did, Were you, you still liable for you want? Because even court. after you proved it. Won a court. Good for you. Yeah. 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 yeah, and I and, and I feel like honestly, like with this story, like you know, there's some funny parts to it, but at the same time, I felt like the story that came out, like, kind of missed. This is an amazing story, not just because of what happened that night, but also because, you know, you dealt with the freaking Russian mob, you dealt with Amex, like this was a battle for your life, basically. You know, I don't, listen. Here's the deal: what really got me. I dealt with the Russian mob. I dealt with Amex, but Fox shot me down. <laughs> right. Fox yeah. is the one, and I'm and they knew the whole time what was going on. Those bastards. When I told them I'm, I'm you know, um, going back and forth, they go, go to HR. What's going? On? I go, all right. I go to HR, and they go, oh, weren't you on vacation? I go, no, it was a three day vacation. It was weekend. Oh, then that's not on our time. I go, what are you talking about? I'm a Fox employee. Of course, I'm letting you know what's going on. I found out later on. She's no longer there. She said, no, they, they told me to do that. They, they, they made sure that I couldn't say what I should have really done. So I knew the whole setup at Fox, what went down, really bad. I knew what exactly what they did, you know, to make sure that I was... Steve Schwade, who came back, who tried to fire me at NBC10 many years prior, <laughs> was hired by the GM who couldn't stand me, the new guy that came in that wanted me fired or find some way to get rid of me because of my contract. He brought Steve Schwade in, which I really had a Steve Schwade contract that so I won't work with a Steve Schwade. Oh, for real? For real. Wow. Brought him in. His objective, he only was there if any looked for eight months, was to fire me. Wow. And he did it. He did it. And I found out later from a Dan Gross that used to be a... a yeah, sure. He said, yeah. I said, which... Steve Schwade fed me all the information, gossip. Dan Gross said that? Yeah. You know, he did it. You know, I, I oh. know what went on. But you know, were, were you? Were you could, so when the 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 rush, you find out what happened, right? So you find out what actually happened, which was that the Russian mob had set these had set you up essentially, and was setting up lots of men. Yeah, they over in four hundred victims, but right. all few of us came forward because right. and, of for right. risk of embarrassment. Right, but yeah. also not just risk of embarrassment. You're also dealing with any sort of mob, and like. Were, were you frightened? Were yeah, you like, wait of- a second, I'll just eat this and not have to deal with the no, Russian I was, mob? No, I was frightened towards the end because you never really think you're gonna someone's going to come after you when you're working with the feds. You feel kind of protected. Uh, the guy you remember, the chief prosecutor that I was working with, uh, Dick Gregory, was the guy that took down Pablo Escobar and Manuel Noriega. I felt in good hands, and they thought I felt like I was a good American, and they really thanked me for coming forward to help put put away this this crime wave that was going on down there that I had the kahunes to do it and, and risk a lot of different things which I which I you know lost my career on but it really wasn't that but they just used that as an excuse you know, right, they used right. that as you yeah, know because smoke. Who, yeah ultimately who gives a shit so, yeah. I mean it was a weekend because in if Miami I was, if right, I was yeah. a female and that happened it would be a totally different story sure could have been raped this that because right. I'm a guy and I had a history of being a playboy like the papers, you know, you know, they had a picture of me with right. the Daily Russian News, women, the, Daily yeah. News. Yeah, did you, you know. feel? I mean, talk about that because this was a year later when people found out about it. And Larry Platt, who was he a friend at the time? Yeah, Larry, you know, listen. And he Larry, said, "Tell me the story. We'll yeah, do a piece you know, on it." And you felt like you were going to be portrayed as like a hero. A hero, yeah, yeah. You know, listen. 
Um, you know, they got to sell, make make things work. But I was really disappointed because it lost in that story. There's actually truth in the facts if you read inside the actual news piece. Mm-hmm about what was going on. But the front cover tell people don't read that other stuff. They just see the front cover. Right. And they see women headlines. And, and headlines. Skimming, yeah. Like my uh, one of my rabbis, the uh, guy the O and O, one of the top guys, Dennis Swanson, who really was my rabbi and said to me, call Dennis Swanson yeah. the rabbi? Yeah. Well my rabbi meaning he stood by my side. Oh, he was always right. my guy. Right. So he was huge. He's the one who discovered Oprah Winfrey, online yards. He's the one who gave me an opportunity. And he called me. I'll never forget this. Walking in the gym, he goes, "John, when you go to Miami for a weekend, and don't and ignore your daughter, which and wind up with Russian hookers, what are we going to do?" I go, "What? What? Right, right. Where are you getting this right, from? Right? What's this? This all before anything came out. I'm like, oh my god, you know." I said, "Well." So was that the narrative people ran with that you were you thought you were with Russian hookers? Oh sure, yeah, yeah, Russian hookers, everything. I've heard everything: doing really? drugs, Russian hookers, pros, you know, prostitutes. Listen, and on the flip side, like you, you're you're typically pretty honest. I feel like if you really were with Russian hookers, you'd be I like, would yeah, say yeah, it. right, yeah, yeah. I, I, was, I got I w- taken by Russian hookers. I would tell you, yeah, yeah, right. I would tell you, yeah. You know, I would tell you what I'm doing. Yeah, you would call Howard Stern, and it would yeah. be a big part of the show. I mean, you know, like... It's... Well, I don't know if I blurted out on those <laughs> but I would let... So to put it in perspective, I mean, 43 Gs to most people is a lot of money. But at the time when you were on I don't top care of the shit, it, I don't care if it was 2,000 Gs. No, no. So it wasn't... You could have just lost that. And oh, yeah, I could have It would have been no big deal. Oh, no, I absorbed that. My, my, right. my agent said, why the hell didn't you? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that was. You know, I would have given. I said I, it was no, more about you got fucked over and you want to make sure it was the principle. Yeah. So forty three thousand. I didn't do anything besides have a couple of drinks. Okay, I'm not doing that. I'm sorry. You know, I'm blue collar guy too. I grew up blue collar. That's a lot of money and mm-hmm. get stolen. Yeah. No, sorry. So you had a friend of yours in a Philly Mag interview said, "Isn't it sad in retrospect if you could do it over? How much better off you would have been eating the forty three grand? Do you think that's true?" Nope, because where I am now is the best position I've ever been in. Nice. All right. So where I am, uh, you know, I, you know, I came down. I rode the abyss, and there was times that I thought about very deep. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You're a resilient motherfucker, man. Yeah, I thought about. I was, I, Jesus Christ. See, yeah. I moved to Montauk. You know why I moved to Montauk? Yeah. It's called the end. I grew up on Long Island. I said I want to get away from it all. I went to the end. I, had, I couldn't take any more. I just wanted to just kind of escape I, and just, like, just look at beach and do weather for fishermen. You, you've had several of these run-ins, and, and John, like, you can know, I, you're, like, you're not a you particularly sir, large can I, guy. I, can I, I just ask you about is, the cab? No, I, listen, yeah, I'd always, right, listen, right, I, right. I grew up in one of the worst neighborhoods in New York, all right? So I had a lot of fights. So the, even though uh, I'm not big, I right. know I, I can fight with the best of them. Okay, I get into, nice. I, I, can, I can knock you out. Right, right, right. You know, I've done. You know, I can knock you out. So, so tell the story. You you flag a cab, and suddenly you're punched and stun gunned. <laughs> what the fuck happens? In there? The Hamptons. Yeah. In the Hamptons. <laughs> I'm living with my punched and stun gunned. My fiance er- Erica, right? Erica, yeah. who I who's I still adore to this day. When we're great friends. <laughs> so we're at this place called the Gig Shack. One of my favorite local hangs in Montauk. These guys are so cool, dudes. Right. Um, so it's uh, getting close to 11. We're going to go watch, go back to our place and, and uh, hang out and uh, watch a movie. 
So hailing down a cab, there's no Uber there at the time. And the cab pulls over, and all of a sudden I go and he goes, stop. Uh, what? Guys are running up, and he asks those guys, where are you going? It's like a cab that opens up like a van. So they said they're going over that way. I said, fine, well, you guys, but you can drop us off on the way. And he tells me, get out. Don't. Get out. These guys, I'm taking these. I said, oh, that's bullshit. He comes out of the cab. <laughs> shoots me with a stun gun. <laughs> burns right through my shirt and burns my chest. Knocked down like I had a heart attack. Eric is screaming. They take off. I just so happened there was a cop right down the street. And I was, said, get in my car. Chasing after them. <laughs> wow. Pulled them over. Okay, we go back to the station in East Hampton. So I push comes to shove. You know, I, an article comes out in the papers. He claimed that I attacked his girlfriend in the passenger seat, mm. and he was defending, which is total bullshit. Mm. And if and and actually, he had a, a, a history. She had a restraining order against him. Wasn't his girlfriend, and he had a history of violence. An article comes out in the Philadelphia Inquirer that I attacked his girlfriend. That I went. That's why he hit me with a stun gun. My uh, my agent calls. He goes, John. What did you do? But what do you mean? What I do, Richard? He goes. Well, what do you put yourself in this position? I said, what position? I'm hailing a cab to go at 11 o'clock at night to go home and watch a movie? And I get shot with a sh stun gun because I said, this is bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> what, mo what movie were you going to go watch? I don't know. Probably the one I always I love, Raging Bull. All right. And I love oh, Raging Bull. I mean, that that yeah. kind of fits his whole yeah. MO here. Like Raging <laughs> Bull. <laughs> no, but I also love Jaws. Like, if anyone knows me, goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I <love you. laughs> I love platoon. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. So you've been engaged three times since uh, your marriage. Uh, why do you think it is that you've never gotten married again? I'm not good with relationships. I'm so consumed about what I do. I'm probably, listen, maybe it's, it's the environment of how you grew up, you know. Um, that's hard for me to figure out. Um you know, we all want to be with that someone special. And uh, I think now, because of my daughter, that's everything to me. Right. And I've never been ever really good with a relationship. Um, and, you know, I, I sometimes I say I'm a loner. But I don't know if that's true either, because I, I don't like being alone. Mm -hmm. I love company. Right. Um you know, I've made mistakes. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not the best relationship guy. Mm -hmm. uh, I respect women. The hell, I respect the hell out of women. I do. And, and you know, um, I don't know well, and that end how I can't, yeah. you know, figure it out. You respect women. You have a daughter. Mm. But you have this whole reputation as being a playboy, kind yeah. of a womanizer. Is that something you struggle with? Yeah, my, I, I do because my daughter hears these things now. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that that influence. I always tell my daughter, listen, I always respect women 100%. You know, because dad wasn't able to really have an established relationship doesn't mean that I'm a, you know, not a right person. It's just the way I'm built. It's a chip. <laughs> That's the one thing I learned from Lenny, Meister. 
this dude, everyone has a certain chip the way they're built, right? So maybe that's my chip. I don't know. Uh, Do you like being a dad? I love being a dad. Yeah. It's the best. My girl is everything to me. She's my everything. That's that's part of the reason I got into uh, uh, this career. I needed somehow to figure out how to leave a legacy for my daughter. Right. Because you and know, do you, do you think that's also what pulled you out of? You know, you talked about hitting, yes. a, hitting a hard spot. All right, you okay, all right. Depressed. I'm going to tell you something I've never told anyone. No, maybe not. I can't. Well, no, come, no, on. No, come on, it's a Philly blunt. Yeah. Come on, you can't tease that. Yeah. Come on. This is a safe space. <laughs> I'm walking in Montauk, right? I'm walking uh, very end of Montauk, and I'm said I'm just going to go out in the water. And this is the really the downest time. And just end it. So I'm walking towards the space. I park my car. As I'm walking, I see um, a cross. In the middle of nowhere. Out of Montauk. The very end of the lighthouse. And I go over and I see all these different pictures of a little girl. On the cross. The girl that drowned. And to me, it was a signal, that's your, your daughter. You can't leave your daughter. And I said, what the fuck are you doing? And I said, that's it. No more pity party for me. That was, thank you, God. You just gave me a strong signal. You're not ready to go yet. And uh, that was a sign of weakness on my end. The very weakness. But you know what? You know, that was my deepest, darkest despair moment in my life. Even, you know, with my mom and dad passing away. More than... I just, I, I, I was so frustrated. I couldn't do anything anymore. I couldn't live the life I wanted to live. I was blackballed severely in Philadelphia. Sure. Severely blackballed. Then it became everywhere because of, uh, I had an opportunity to do GMA and went up the flagpole because of my history and what came out in the Miami thing. Because was, you're a victim of a crime. Yeah. And then it doesn't, what they said to me, even though the, the feds and, and the prosecutor would give me a letter of, you know, support, which I had. It doesn't matter. Whereas they said it's perception. It doesn't matter. They don't give a shit about this letter. And I said, why didn't I get a second chance? This is bullshit. And uh, I said, you know, I'm probably worth more dead than alive. And I said, that's the way I can get back and make sure my door is okay. And I'm, this, is the, this is the train of thought I had at the time. Yeah. And then I, when I'm walking, I'm, I swear to God, on that beach... On that near the very end by the lighthouse, that little wooded shrubbery beach grass. And I said, no, turned around. And that was it. And then that was the darkest, deepest part ever in my lifetime. But um, and I came back fully stronger than ever. It took a while. But I think that was a strong, that was a turning point. <laughs> and I said, no more pity parties. No more feeling sorry for myself. What am I doing? I have the best daughter in the world. Your dad's going to cop out? Dad's been a fighter all his life. I'm going to cop out now? No freaking way. You know, it was a wake-up call. That, that, I don't know how, what, how that cross was there and whatever happened. I don't even know. But, um, you know, thank God for that cross and that little yeah, girl that's on the cross. You're so, a fighter. Oh, yeah. But, you know, even fighters get all the way down. You know, sure. it's... Yeah. True champion gets back up off. If you're not, 
The only way to become a true champion, this is what I learned too, Joe Frazier's funeral. Joe Frazier was a champion. Oh, yeah. You know why? Because the only way you become a true champion in life is you have to be knocked out. Yep. The true champions get back up off the canvas. And when the ones that get back off the canvas become the true champions. So that's that's how I look at it. So, I, yeah, I want to say, like, I was really... I was really pushing you to come on this podcast. Yeah, for a long, long, yeah. long, long time. I, I really appreciate... <laughs> a long time. Yeah, because your weather shit, the passion you have on that on Twitter, you were still the most accurate when you would do your reports Well, I know I was the best. If I could get into it, I know I was still the very best. But I want to yeah. say this. like We had Victor Fiorillo on this early on, like one of the first five episodes. And I had asked him, or yeah. one of us had asked him, I think you did, name a Philly celebrity or celebrity you met that you thought you would hate that you liked. And he he named you. He said John Belaris. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that's the perception. You kind of, for some reason, people think you have a perception, kind of a douche, but you're you're really not. A lot lot of them think I was born with a silver spoon. I grew up in one of the worst neighborhoods. No money, you know. I'm just like everyone else. And I ran your 5Ks. Like my dad was a my dad was a firefighter retired twenty one years and you would do five Ks to raise money survivors for the bad fund. survivors fund yeah my yeah. you got to remember my best friends were uh, New York City firemen that went through the nine eleven stuff so I, I grew up with them when my mom and dad died I lived in their home the five Coil brothers the, the so uh, I knew you were okay I would see you give speeches yeah. before the race I was like yeah. all right this guy's kind of okay oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the Listen, irony because you, you wear the fancy suits and everybody thinks yeah. you're fancy but Hugo they don't boss. realize that you're yeah, yeah. you're blue collar guy I, I had that perception of like you know being this glossy you know fake piece of you know got my job for because of certain things but nah. very 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 dedicated and passionate about what I do and grew up in a blue collar. And very grateful. We've had him enough. Should we do, do the Philly yeah, blunt let's go now? To the blunt. Oh man! I All right. Remember. All right. So now it's going to be rapid fire. Just quick, quick questions, quick answers. All right. You ready for this? I um, think so. All right. We'll see. Weirdest food you've ever eaten? Kale. <laughs> do you hate bus stop, buddy? Hate. Oh. Is it Buddy or Billy? I, buddy. When I first buddy. came here, <laughs> yes. right? Yes. And I said, you got to get rid of Bus Stop Buddy. <laughs> that is so bad. So weird. So 60s, 70s. <laughs> it's so, so weird. stupid. <laughs> it's so antiquated. <laughs> it's so, one of the worst yeah. things I've ever seen. It's an abomination, John. It's an abomination. I, 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 did some, I did some website work for Fox back in the day when you were there, and like, and like Buddy would come in, and everybody would pretend like they liked Buddy, and that was what was really weird. I was like, "Man, the politics here are fucked up," because the people are pretending like they care about this really <laughs> creepy fucking mascot. You know what I said when I came in? They said, "Well, Bust Up Buddy is so, is so popular." I go, "You know, you got a problem when Bust Up Buddy's more popular than your anchors." <laughs> If I gave you an all-expenses-paid trip to anywhere in the world and you headed to the airport as soon as we're done here... Anguilla. I love Anguilla. Yeah, why? It's my favorite island to decompress. I've been going there since the 90s. It's just total decompression, isolation, blue skies, white sand, great food. Best place to go to chill. Favorite cocktail in the city? Oh, favorite... You know, I'm I'm a Tito and Club guy. I started out with a, with a little Red Bull at first. Yeah. After long days, yeah. Uh, what would happen if you had your phone taken away for a week? Would you melt down? Melt. 
totally down. Real estate, are you serious? Weather and real estate, same thing. You never know what the next day brings. Right. If you don't have your phone, you're, you're, you're screwed. Are you a, uh, a robe guy? You get out of the shower, do you put a robe on or Absolutely a towel? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. I'm not a robe guy. No robe guy. No, the guy. The guy's famous for watching football naked. Come what, do you on. think I'm Hugh Hefner? Or you think I'm like Hugh with the robe? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. <laughs> the Playboy interview. You said you watch football naked with your girlfriend. Come well, on. What's wrong with that? Nothing no, wrong at no, all. I, I love it. the best time we don't, ever. We don't, we don't judge here. No, I wish my wife. Would, I wish serious? my wife just once would say, "Let's take our clothes you off." You know and how mad they got game. at me? They said I was being derogatory towards women by that statement. I go, what? "Are you serious? That's the best of all the worlds." Yeah. What? You're sitting there watching football naked. Drinking wine and watching football? It's like, naked. man, my, my wife would be like, what are you talking about? You've lost your mind. With the next playmate? There's nothing better than that. <laughs> What's the silliest thing you have an emotional attachment to? Silliest thing I have an emotional attachment? I don't have any emotional attachments. To, to like not to like inanimate objects? You don't have anything at home that... It's just like your chair. You or know what? I say hello to my dad. I have a little picture of my dad. I say, hey, dad, how you doing? I have that picture up by my little humidor. I, you know, it's inanimate. My dad, but it, I still picture from me sitting in a garage with him when I was 12 years old. Wow. I say, hey, dad. <laughs> this one pains me to ask it, but the, the people just expect this out of me. What feels worse, to be roofied or stun gunned? <laughs> roofied. Yeah. By far, yeah. much gun, more expensive. Stun gun did not cost forty three k. No, oh no, a few million. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, what's a book you highly recommend? Well, the book that's going to be coming out, "Weathering the Storm," me or uh, "True Confessions of a Weatherman," but that won't be out for another two years or so. You're coming out with a book? Oh yeah. Oh, nice. but I can't do anything yet because then okay. I can't bury people yet. Right. Those people that know, they'll be. Fear the book. So I was disappointed to see that you follow uh, Billy Joel on Twitter. So <laughs> what is your favorite Billy Joel song? No, I'm a piano man, but I met Billy Joel at the uh, hotel in um, in Sag Harbor, American Hotel. And we had some uh, good wine, red wine there. Had his bike out front. Bottle of red. Yeah. Bottle like, of wine. So I got to meet Billy. All right. Uh, really best hard. thing about Philly? Well, it's a family. Everyone's in it together. Nice. I mean, I mean, Philadelphia is really a hometown, right? Yeah. You can. This is my. Even though I, it's my second home, it's really my first home. How do you fall in love with a city and love it more than where you were born and raised? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same way. You know, it's just so. After cool. all you've been through, too. Right. Yeah. They're supportive. It's it not have to do with Philadelphia. It has to do with you know corporate management. Sure. Nothing to do with nothing to do with people. If people had the right to vote back then and say, "Yeah, put them back on the air," I think that I would have got back on the air. And when you hear the bullshit from court, no, nah, you can't go back and your credibility is tainted. This, then no one's nah. going to watch or believe this. You know, yeah, right, right. All right, thank you, John. This is yeah, I, well, I have one more. I have one more. All right, all right, go for uh, it. I, mean, I thought you had one more. No. Advice you give guys alone in a bar. <laughs> Go home early. <laughs> there, it there it is. Get your ass home. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much, thanks, John. John. Really thank you. So glad you did. It was fun. Thank you. Yeah, thank thanks you. to the Post for having us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
Uh, it took a year and a half, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah well, we made it. Yeah, it's worth yeah. it. It's worth yeah. the wait. Yeah, it was now, great. now you don't have to worry about us bugging you anymore. Yeah, it works out right. great. Won't harass you. Uh, none yeah. of this stuff's gonna come back and like haunt me. Uh, mm. probably will. Yeah. I mean, we're <laughs> <laughs> if we're lucky, and my agent will call me and go, John. <laughs> John, what are you doing? I thought you grew up by <laughs> now. Uh, yeah, thanks, John. This All is right, great. Thanks, man. Thanks. Covered in blood, the man's office is covered in bugs, the youth dreams cut short. Sweat.